Our podcast is intended for mature audiences. We'll be using adult language and listener discretion is advised. We like to remind everyone that we don't have all the answers. Our discussions are opportunities for us to understand the world around us with the information that we have. That means we may say things that are inaccurate, false, or possibly offensive. Thanks. Man, episode four. We're like Star Wars up in this bitch. This is the last recorded podcast ever of Obvious in 2016. The year of our To go ahead and thank all of the listeners. Listeners. Already fucking shit up. There we go. The listeners. Stumbler. Stumberland. CEO Stumberland in the house. We'll be the. We'd like to take a moment, everybody from Obvious would like to take a moment and say thank you to everyone that's listened to us so far, and to those of you that like what you're listening to, hit us up. Let us know on social media what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to contribute to us, what kind of content you would like to listen to us talk about. We want to make this as interactive as possible for you guys, because we couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you very much for listening if you've been here so far. Now... Since it's the last podcast of the year, how you been, Asif? What do you think 2016 was like, bro? 2016 was full of uh, ups and downs, bumps and bruises, uh, transitions, and uh, surprising outcomes. Um, the, the one thing that comes up to me that was uh, kind of disappointing was this last presidential election. Obviously, I'm sure most of you are going to say something very similar, but since I'm the Politico... I figured how appropriate that um, the downside for me was uh, the election. What about you, Adam? What do you think? 2016 was a year of a not only personal but evidently international struggle. <laughs> I think I think the whole world decided to just pack on the struggle bus and, and take a trip down Struggle Town. And I think that's okay. Uh, I the optimist in me says that uh, this is going to lead us to something a lot better down the line. I think I saw a lot of potential energy for what 2017 can be. Um, since Asif already talked about how his low of 2016 was the presidential election, which should be everyone's by default. Uh, mine is mine is the death of Vine. True. Oh man. Damn. R.I.P. Vine. Like it, I can't believe I can't I can't believe you did it, Twitter. I can't believe it. But. You know, exactly. Free crispy. Back at it again. <laughs> What's up, Tori? What's up? What's going on? How was your two, <laughs> 206? How was your six, yo? How was your sweet 16? How was your oh, summer 16, oh homie? God. Let's not talk about that. Damn, what was that? Uh, that ain't coming from mine. Your laptop probably either shut down or up. Fuck it up. Hey, man. At least it's not a Mac. Let's go, Torso. What was that about? I know. Don't hate on the Mac. Return of the Mac. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah. I feel like the... Oh, Summer 16. You got it. What? What? Summer 16? Summer 16. Summer of 69. I was running through the... That's about oral sex, you know. Is it really? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn, yo, you dropping some stir. I like that song. What? Like oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh? Uh, oh. Oh. This is, oh, oh. 
Whoa! I'm glad that's what Asif likes. He's a good one. All right, Tori, how was this team? <laughs> uh, so yeah, other than the general uh, election ro- election results of 2016, uh, one of the few things that really got me was uh, David Bowie dying, even though he <gasps> was... Granted, he, he used some drugs here and there, and, and by here and there, I mean a lot. But nonetheless, he, he was a great talent and... Um, very influential person, much less very influential artist. And another thing that really messed me up was um, Anton Yel- Yelchin. He's a he was the actor um, Chekhov in the new Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, and he died when he was twenty seven. And I, I think about that a lot because we're all we're all around that age, if not even closer to that age. And it was by a freak car accident. It wasn't even. You know, wasn't wasn't anybody attacking him or anything. Um, best twenty sixteen. It's been pretty good so far. So far up until the last four months, to be honest. But uh, yeah, just doing some creative work here and there, and joining this. <laughs> Cute. Just a regular. So fuzzy. Five MC Fire Flame Soggy Semperfy. So, for me, <laughs> when I think about the question, nothing really immediately uh, comes to mind because um, for 2016, uh, I've kind of been like in my chambers. You know what I mean? I think about like the uh, Dragon Ball Z time hyperbolic time chamber or like the Shaolin 36 chambers. In other words, what I'm trying to say is like I've kind of just kept to myself uh, and have been. Uh, sort of out of the loop when it comes to uh, media and cult, uh, you know pop culture and all of that. So I don't really have TV. I'm not really like up to date on a lot of things. So 2016 for me is mostly memories of like personal journeys and personal struggles. A lot of the things that I've uh, you know conquered and a lot of the setbacks that I faced this year. So this year has been a year of a lot uh, a reflection for me. Um, but in to answer your question more directly, I'll probably say like Muhammad Ali dying. Mm. That was probably Oof. really big. Yeah. Um, a good Damn, thing that was huge, bro. Yeah, that, like yeah. I, I, I want to take a take a moment yeah. for that one. That yeah. yo, that was huge. And I know how big that that is for Asif as well. Huge, you know? man. Oh my god. Yeah. Especially you know to reflect on Muhammad Ali since I actually he 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 came to our local masjid in the area, and he picked me up and he kissed me on the cheek. Uh, being five years old and feeling that man it was uh, you felt like you're on cloud nine man you felt like yeah, yeah anywho yeah. that was that that's a really you know i kind of hold muhammad ali in like a very high like human status you know one of those very important human figures of of human history i think you know and i would even consider him one of the earliest rappers one of the earliest MCs, i agree with that real. statement yeah. he's definitely <clears throat> sure. definitely one of the earliest mcs um and so, the uh, a good thing is um, my one of my favorite games, Doom, came out. So I I haven't played it yet, but inshallah, in a few months I'll be able to play it. No so, doubt, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Man, I know. Dang. Talk to us, guys. What didn't happen in 2016, man? Shit. 
Oh man, I, I guess I I should have said I got my license. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Adam, man, twenty sixteen was a hell of a year. I don't know. I can think of a lot of personal things that have happened to me that have changed me as a person because they're personal and they happen to me. Yeah, deep definition of personal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely you know, articulate. Do you know, Berta? But I don't know. Off the top of my head, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened. Uh, I I don't know if y'all know this, but I donate to the World Wildlife Foundation and the Sierra Club because fucking climate change is real. Sure and is. I the sad thing actually just found out today that uh, giraffes were put on the endangered species list. Yeah. <laughs> That shit fucked me up. Yeah. My stupid long horses. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a sad thing that comes to my mind immediately. But man, some good things happened too, man. We started the obvious motherfucking podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Long time coming, but we're and excited. For me, I got to compete in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. One year exactly after I graduated college. So if you'd have told me last year, I'd have been like, you're out of your fucking mind. There's no way I'm going to do that. But it's amazing, man. I always go by Faisal's word. He, he's just like, man, life's just not that predictable. And damn, those words are true. Because a year ago, I wouldn't have thought I'd be able to do it. Now, it's amazing, man. The amount of motivation that you can get from going through something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the best part of 2016 for me. Is going in there with my gym, with my dojo, whatever you want to call it, my set, my crew, mm-hmm. and then us taking first. Yeah. Out of like the three hundred people that were there, our gym was first. True. Our women's, our men's, our kids had the most medals. Wow. So tell us about this competition. What is it? All right. So. <clears throat> in the dojo. Shout out to Revolution BJJ. Yeah. Shout out to all my instructors. I would not have been able to done it without you. Um, next time I'll bring y'all a gold medal, RBA, but holding it down. this time, you know, if you guys want to go revolutionbjj.com, follow them on Facebook, all that stuff. Cause I'll give them a plug for sure. But I keep it real with you guys, man. I had two fights, right? So this is a U.S. grappling tournament and anybody that can grapple like wrestling, folk wrestling, catch wrestling, jujitsu, anything, anything grappling oriented, no striking at all. You can sign up and you can compete. There's people that were walking in and just signing up. And it was a very interesting, eye-opening experience. I didn't think that many people actually like participated in something like that, but it's one of the largest competitions or tournaments in the East Coast, at least. And this travels all up and down the East Coast. And they go... I'm not going to lie, I don't know how far out West they go. But on the East Coast, it's, it's one of the larger ones. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The next one is going to be in Virginia Beach. That's the next submission only. So this is the, you tap out or you break something and fall asleep. Shit. So, okay. Can you talk about some of the competitions within this uh, event? Of course. And which ones did you compete in? And so, which ones your dojos did especially well in and which y'all specialize in? Uh, we did well in a lot of them. Okay. We, it'd be easier to tell you what we didn't do well in, which was, I honestly can't name anything. Okay. Which is, I know I'm like stroking them off a little bit, but whatever. I, don't, I genuinely don't remember what they didn't do well in or okay. what we didn't do well in. I competed in the Novice Nogi. Mm-hmm. 
both my weight class and absolute. Absolute means that anybody within the novice division, regardless of their weight or size, can participate. Okay. So I got a silver medal hey. in my weighted class. Nice. I'll be 100% real with you guys. It was a silver medal because there was only one other person in the class, in the division. So I lost hey. my first fight. Hey. <laughs> so it was basically a fucking participation award. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But my name's like on a database somewhere. Yeah. So, so, okay. So now this competition, was it like you say that your your information is now logged and registered in the database? You can look up U.S. Grappling. Card You're a part of a registry second. now. I am part of a registry of the U.S. Grappling Registries. Awesome. 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 So now that leads me to my next. Hey, data, fire data, man. Um, Welcome to the shop. He can grab a lot of people. (laughs) Welcome to the Ladu shop. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, was this event a regional thing? Were you competing at the national level or? Well, there were people that came up from like North Carolina and all sorts of stuff. So I guess like within the East Coast, it was regional from Pennsylvania to like the Carolinas. Okay. If that makes sense. Because okay. I know that they'll have one in Virginia Beach also. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to compete in that one also. That one's in March. Oh, by the way, uh, all U.S. grappling events are perfectly free for uh, spectators. So you can, walk hey. in there, you can watch for absolutely free. You know, we'll come support. So I basically paid. I paid seventy five dollars to get a t shirt and a and a medal. Um, And a registry. How much is the silver? How much is the silver worth if you melt it down? It's like a two dollar metal thing that's like engraved. It's actually a nice metal. I I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is pretty legit. We'll post a picture on the website. Yeah, I gave it to my mom. Oh. (laughs) I like went home. I was like, mom, here you go, because my dad probably wouldn't give a fuck about it. Um, All right, we'll we'll, uh, we'll ask your mom for a picture. <laughs> I, no, I mean I'm gonna go home this weekend. Oh, true. Okay, okay. Um, so I lost the first match, still got a silver medal in the absolute division, and I'm not gonna come up with excuses. The other guy was they're better than me. That's it. Mm-hmm. You've only no, been doing for this how long? So okay. since August. Can you okay, can you break down the format of uh, this your your rounds and and how it's judged and all of that? So it's a no time limit. Uh, submission only. So if you tap, like, the only way to win is to get the other person to tap out. Okay. And there's no time limit. Okay. So we had matches there that went for two hours. Wow. Oh, the same two people were fighting what? for two hours. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's insane. My yeah. first match was about five or six minutes. My second match was a minute and a half. I've never fought somebody so fast in my life. And then I talked to the guy that I fought uh, my second match, and... It turns out he was an active duty Marine. Oh, and I was like, oh, it's okay with losing to you because you're like fucking fit as shit. Yeah. What was his discipline? Like his martial arts? Nothing. He had just started jujitsu. It's all, so you got to understand that novice is like basically everybody that's been fu- like fighting as long as I have. Okay. Um, the first guy that I, I fought, he was uh, like a catch wrestler, okay. which was strange because. I feel like had I known their backgrounds, I'd know how to go up against them. And I think my biggest downfall was that I didn't know who my opponents were going to be ahead of time. So I didn't understand how to play their game. Mm. Now, um, is that not revealed to you prior to your No, okay. it's all on the spot. Okay. Like, they, they make the brackets there, okay. and they print them out, and they give you who, who you're going to fight there. You have no idea who you're going to fight before or after. Or, well, obviously after, you know. But... 
the first guy, I'll put the video. I haven't showed it to anybody yet because I'm really mad about the video. But I basically like run him all the way far. The ref has to stop us and bring us back onto the mat we were at. Um, I try to catch him. I catch his left leg, grab him by the back of the neck, and then my foot slips. Oh. And you can see my foot slip in the video. There's like sweat or whatever on the ground. You see my foot slip. I let go. And he just like comes after me. I try to get him in a guillotine. I try to drop down. And he just picks me up and slams me on the ground. Which shook me a little bit because I thought the ref was going to call it. Because you're not allowed to slam your opponent. Unless it's like a controlled throw. Which I guess the ref thought it was a controlled throw. So he let us keep going. At which point I had let go of the guillotine that I had. And he grabbed one of my arms and like I was basically under him for like five minutes trying to make sure that like he didn't get a Kimura on me. And at the I had him and this is the thing, this is the best part that made me so soggy. So I had him in a wrist lock, which is basically I'm demonstrating on Asif right now because he's the closest to me. So I had him in something like this. So you can see how that could cause a problem for you, right? Yes. So I had him like this, up above, behind my head, where I was folding his hand under itself. And he had my arm like this. So all he had to do was move this bitch up. Yeah. And for the people that are listening, this is probably horrible visuals for you, but we'll put up the video on the website. Um, and I basically tapped out. I had to physically tell him, like, tap, tap. And the ref was like, okay, stop. And then he stopped us. Um, because both of my hands were preoccupied, like I couldn't physically tap out. So I had to like tell him, yo, like you got it. And as soon as I let go, <clears throat> did you this tap, dude, did you tap from being in pain or just out, like, I didn't want to tear out. my shoulder. I didn't know how far up he was going to go. And like, to be honest, it's not worth ripping my shoulder. Oh, he was, he would put in pressure. He was putting on pressure it. on oh. it. Like he was basically, he had me, in, he was on mount. And he basically had my arm way above my head where I can, like the only reason I was bringing it down was it because like. I'm pretty strong. Uh-huh. And he gets off of me and he's like, man, if you'd have held that for five more seconds, I was about to tap out. And I was like, why the fuck would you tell me that? You should just get up and be like, hey, shake my hand and just call it a day. Don't tell me that shit. Don't fucking antagonize me after the fact. No, that's probably really helpful, though. I, I mean, mean, it was, but I was like, training. I mean, no, it was because I trained the next day and I went like a lot harder. Yeah. Um, and I was, and people were like, oh man, like, if you were just soggy at the gym, they were like, man, I guess you get in your ass kicked, kind of put a fire under your ass. And I was like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But, man, put it in perspective for you. And this is the last. We'll end on this note. A-Rod, the baseball player, not the quarterback, was playing golf. Uh, here's another gentleman that d- passed away this year, Arnold Palmer, RIP. A-Rod was playing golf with Arnold Palmer, and he wasn't doing very well. and He was mad at himself. And Arnold Palmer, we all know, was like a very good golf player. Arnold Palmer looked at him. He said, son, you're not good enough to be mad at yourself. And I was like, shit, dude, you're right. He's like, you're not good enough to be angry at not knowing how to play the sport. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm not fucking Royce Gracie. I haven't been doing this my entire life. I only started doing this in August. And I'm very, very glad that I was able to do that. And I'm going to probably continue this as long as I can, as long as my body holds up and I'm able to. And I recommend it to everybody. Y'all should all start something. That's sweet. It's definitely good motivation, inspiration for you to go out there and do whatever you want to do. It's definitely like helped me come out on my own and figure out 
you can do whatever you want. The whole cliche of if you put your mind to it, all that. That shit is true, man. Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because a year ago, like I said, I don't know I'd be doing this. So you got to just do it. This actually brings me to a great point. Um, Because a couple, like uh, two weeks ago, putting your mind, you know, basically putting your mind to it, something that you really want to do or something that you even said you would do, right? So in politics, oftentimes, like, one of the biggest things that I've struggled with this year is if I say that I want, I'm going to do something, I want to be very committed to that. And I want to, yeah. like, my word should be my bond, right? And that's something that should be golden, right? So I've worked that on that a lot lately. And so one of the things that somebody from work was like, hey, we're doing this class, this, like, boot camp class early in the morning, super early, like, before the crack of dawn, and almost considered, like, middle of the night. <laughs> that's how early it is. Is it the SEAL class? The it's SEAL not the thing? SEAL class, but I, I remember talking to you guys about the SEAL class. It's very similar to the SEAL class. It's just another company that's doing okay. it. And so um, he does it, and he was saying that, like, if I bring somebody to, to the class with me, then I get, like, a certain amount of points. And so a bunch of us from work were like, hey, you know, uh, we'll so, do it with you, basically. Fitness pyramid scheme. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll basically do it with you to get some points. And so I was like, man, I really don't. Because, like, I knew I had, like, a really busy morning the next morning, and especially the next few days. But I said I would do it. So I stayed, remained committed to it, and I fell asleep that night at midnight. The class is at 5.45, and we have to meet him up at 5.15 so that we can get to the class by 5.45. Dude, it was such a struggle. And I didn't eat properly the night before, so that's another issue. But that's a whole separate issue. So... I fell asleep. Anyways, I went to the class, 5.45, and, like, legit, I hadn't been a part of something, like, this stressful in a while, and so, like, you know, I, growing up, I played sports. I went to, you know, I played sports in high school and middle school. I grew up playing travel soccer, so, like, I was used to conditioning, but I hadn't been conditioning like this for, like, in a very long time, and so, it, when I say class, it's more of, like, you're running from place to place in the park, then you do, like these uh, segments where you're doing like push-ups, uh, pull-ups, like back to back to back and sprinting back and forth. This is all, that's all considered like one set. And then you're doing planks and side planks and then bicycle kicks and like, it's just intense. It's all, this is all back to back to back for an hour. And so at one point during the, the workout, I legit threw up. And I've, I haven't thrown up and I don't even know how long because of a workout. Like even when I was in middle school and, and, and high school and even during intervals in, in college, like I never threw up. I never, I've never even come remotely close to that feeling, even though I like, I've worked out pretty hard and I just like, you know, it was kind of embarrassing. But then afterwards I was like, you know what? I got past it. And it's kind of like, you know, you put something, you put your mind to something and you want to follow through on it. You, right. you totally do it. Yeah. And I felt great afterwards. I felt great that like I, I kept my promise to myself, yeah. you know, which was really important. And so then I think, you know, I was talking to my friend and, he, and apparently that woman was offering a special or something like that for three months. And so I think I'm going to join it and do it for three months. And it's like, you know, waking up and you can go as many times as you want during the week. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm going to try to start. To, should, just because I want to get back in and it, that's, man. That's I the thing, man. The like, I think that it's all about motivation, man. Motivation and inspiration are very mutually exclusive. They right, are. right. You get one thing from the other. They both play off of each other very well. 
And I think it's a sense of accomplishment that you get afterwards. Like, you woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. You're like, man, I did all this and half the people that I know are still asleep. Yeah. You feel like you conquered the world. You conquered whatever you were supposed to do and you're ready for your day. I think anybody can do it. There's a great SEAL video on that, by the way, about them talking Kiss about... Kiss from a Rose? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kiss from a Rose. Good time. Good time. Figured, very good. Very I figured I've been singing all episode already. Uh, but there's a great video of two SEALs that were talking about how waking up at 4.45 or something like that in the morning is like instrumental to success. It is. And because it's like, like you said, half the people are still asleep that you know. So... I mean, that's why I always like to work out in the morning. Like, in college, like, Adam can vouch for me. He lived with me for three years. I used to be up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, a lot of our other housemates attempted to go with me to the gym many times, and they all stopped very shortly after the first, you know, let's say even week. And that's being generous. That's true. Yeah. So, it's all about determination, you know. Persistence times determination equals success. And that's the only formula for success. But Man, you can I must do it. And that's I must kind of one of the reasons that we've started the Obvious Podcast is that all of us, the five of us, have these traits very strongly regardless of whatever we're doing. And it's in our own fields that we are that determined to be successful. You in politics. You in IT and computer. You in film and theater. Man, fucking phenomenal. Every single one of you. Adam. In fucking sociology, being able to tell the world what the fuck's the problem with them. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is everybody's ambitious and determined to be able to do that. And that's the message that Obvious got together to spread, right? It's all about the positivity. I mean, us together collectively, we have faced so many challenges, even putting out this content. You know what I mean? Like, we've been doing this for 12 months plus, you know, and just faced so many, like, setbacks from, you know, people moving away to technical difficulties to the economic feasibility of this project, you know, uh, unforeseen life circumstances. But I think it comes down to how you handle that. You know, what, like, what kind of mental fortitude do you have to take on your challenges, these unforeseen circumstances? And I think this year, personally, you know, beyond obvious, I've struggled with a lot of that and I had to do a lot of, um, uh, um, I had to do a lot of meditation. I had to do a lot of, you know, introspection on myself, not only on myself, but the type of energy that is around me and the people that I keep. Um, so I yeah, I mean, that, you man. really got to, and even down to like the skill level, when we talk about a martial art or we talk about, uh, you know, disciplining yourself to, uh, to work out more or whatever. I think the, when you can get past that beginning stage, the hardest part where you're just getting there, where before you're at that skill level where it starts to begin to roll, you find that momentum and then it just begins to get easier. The The climb of skill becomes to get easier. It's that initial part, getting to that phase where you're at that skill level where it just comes to you and you're just improving. You know, that startup is the hardest part. And to be able to uh, discipline yourself to keep going, you know, even when you're not doing really well, to keep going and keep going, you know, that... I think is, you know, a superhuman virtue. I think that that's one of the things that we're so good at, man. Every single one of us has that resilience beaten into us as a little kid. <laughs> Very true. Jeez. 
Resilience is important, though. It's one of the things that we talk about on the state level, actually, is that resilience is a part of everybody's DNA. And, you know, it's it's a matter of building resilient communities and re- resilient people that really end up being proactive versus reactive, right? Which essentially is what we want to create, you know, in people, that resilience where instead of us, you know, we talk about it in the sense of natural disasters and things of that sort. Like, we want to b- build resilient communities that are proactive in their approach to rebuilding themselves as opposed to being reactive where if a natural disaster occurs, you know, they're put in a situation where they have to really find themselves as a community and then it's like an identity crisis, like a phase, right? It's like, oh, what just happened to us? Like then figuring out like, oh, what am I missing? Oh, wait, how how am I going to get what I'm missing? Whereas like if you're proactive, you're like, we know this is eventually going to happen. What are we putting in place to make sure these things are already there so that the resources already are available? So it's pretty awesome. And the Philippines is a prime example. Arlene always talks about that, how the Philippines, you know, she talks to a bunch of her uh, people, you know, when she's growing up in the Philippines, she said, you know, people always said that we're like, they always talked about resilience growing up. Like, you know, the Filipinos are very resilient. They're a resilient group of people. I think the human race is a resilience group of cancer. That's the best way to put it. To destroy it and terraform it until we can only fight each other. Right. Because of the hatred that is so petty, because we are specks on a rock that is floating through space. And we have the mental cognition to be like, let's fight each other because you believe in something different. Maybe we're not floating through space. Maybe space is actually floating through us. Shit! (laughs) NASA's inside me. What if we're stationary and the universe is actually moving? We're all made of stardust. She yes. No, seriously. No, she's right. There's a because oh, yeah. we're made from the earth, George and the earth's made from is it George starch. Carlin quote. Is it George Carlin? Is he the space guy? No, George no. Carlin is a comedian. Carl Sagan. Is Carl the space Sagan. Guy. Sagan. God. He's my space guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I always get them confused. <laughs> yeah, he's I like tight. old white dudes. Whatever, you get the point. But Carl like, Sagan. He yeah. said, "Hydrogen is." A molecule that you put into a fucking bottle that if you leave it there long enough, it starts thinking about itself. That's what we are, yo. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> On an unrelated note. Bruh, food is so good. <laughs> oh, man. What, did, what made you think of that statement? Dude, because I fucking what made, made you a think grilled of that cheese statement? sandwich the other day. It was so fucking good. I made it on rye, a little bit of masala on there. Do you know? It's good. Damn, you put that Maggie sauce? Are you stupid? I said masala. I know, I'm saying, but there's a Maggie sauce that is built with like, like ketchup. Fake ketchup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, that's like the staple to any condiment in a brown person's household. Like any brown person you go to, you get the Maggie ketchup and you eat it with the picote. Yeah. And yeah. Like, the, like the samosas. I'm not going to lie. I had a coworker talk to me about good. Maggie sauce the other day. I was like, what? Where did you get the Maggie sauce? I went to the store. <laughs> I got the Maggie sauce. I'm like, oh shit. For those of y'all that don't know what Maggie sauce is, go check it out. Find it out at your local Daisy store. Ain't yeah. Maggie a brand though? It, it is, is a brand. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's known as the Maggie sauce. Yeah, they have Maggie powders Ron. and spices and, and sauces and all, all, a lot of things. Yeah, that's not the unrelated note that I was talking about. <laughs> My unrelated note was I saw, I saw Loving this week. Loving the movie. Oh, yeah. And so Loving is about, uh, for those of you that haven't heard of it, it's a um, blockbuster hit that was filmed here in Virginia, which is which is really cool. And it's essentially a real-life uh, depiction of 
um, an interracial couple that ends up getting married in Virginia or tries getting married in Virginia, but they can't because of the, the way that the Constitution was set up back in the day where they didn't allow interracial marriages. And so it's a very, very cool, well-done movie, very slow. So if you're looking for action-packed you know, uh, drama, it's not that way, but it's very, very well-made. And it was right here in Virginia, um, filmed and set, and um, really, it was, it was pretty awesome to see. Is this story set in here in Virginia? The story, the story yeah. is set here in Virginia, but it's also filmed here in Virginia, oh, which is cool. Yeah. Man, it's you know what? See, that's where the that's where the the theme for Virginia, Virginia is for lovers, comes from. Oh, look at because that. Because the loving, it, it, was, oh. it was Richard and Mildred loving. Oh, that's the name. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's really, really. If I I highly recommend you to go see it if you haven't seen it. For sure. And it's, uh, I mean, it makes you think about you know the struggle and you know obviously we talk about the struggle quite often. I mean. Yeah. Given the fact obviously. that obviously, obvious hashtag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was an African American studies minor in college, and um, it was one of the things that I was most fascinated about was you know the civil rights movement and kind of what that that time period I think in American history. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know Gurren had a comment to make. Blockbuster hit that came out. This weekend, filmed in space live, was a motherfucking documentary, Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, I'm seeing that tomorrow. $155.6 million in the box office opening weekend. But The Rock's Moana still scored better on Rotten Tomatoes. Just so y'all know. <laughs> oh, what'd you say? Moana? Yeah. Oh, did it, did? it still scored better oh, than Star God. Wars. Well, Rogue One, see, that's the thing. I, I need... I... I wasn't sure how it's going to be, and I still haven't seen it, so I can't comment on what the mic. Spaceballs is better than Star Wars. There you go. The reason Rogue One probably scored less than Moana is because the people who wanted to see Rogue One were probably mad about a female lead. <laughs> Women don't belong in space, say the neckbeards. <laughs> yeah. True. Say the neckbeards. <laughs> like, like, I'm he's, serious. He's right, he's right. Just, there was so much, there was so much controversy over Rogue One where there never needed to be any... <laughs> Like, I don't understand. What, what do you mean you, women don't belong in space? What was Padme doing? What was anybody else doing? Like, it was ridiculous. Padman? Like, I get Padme. so mad, like, when people Who's think, like... Padme from Star Wars. The, the Natalie Portman. Exactly. Natalie Portman, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Son, look, Lord of the Rings is better than Star Wars. They're incomparable. Yes, yeah, they, they are. are. They're no. both fantastical. They no, no, They're no. both in fantasy worlds. I think. I think. Lord, so completely Lord, different fantasy worlds. Lord, Lord, Lord of the Rings beats Lord out. Lord of the Rings beats out Star Wars only because there was no like um, Jar Jar Binks equivalent. Exactly. <laughs> Appeals to the neckbeards. <laughs> there are plenty of neckbeards who like uh, Lord you know, of the y'all Rings need too. Neck game, like beer game proper. Like, man, <laughs> y'all need some tips. For real, hit, hit us up. Yo, I'm gonna drop like a tutorial. Like yo, a he has a tutorial, tutorial though. Like For real. this dude laid it out on Facebook, where he has like a step by step where to find products. Like yes. he lays it out. Yes, beard. Use um, I'm about to take pictures of this beard. Yeah, check out the right pictures now. on our website. You can check out my beautiful beard, and you can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shout out to Maestros. Yeah, my, there are a lot of good products out there. That's right. Yo, I read the whole post and I don't even have facial hair. It looks so good. Yo! But now you will. If you follow those fingers crossed. That's good. (laughs) It was that good. Adam, you've been cooking something good, man? Uh, 
what was on the menu today? I did cook something. Like, well, I mean, today was a very minimalistic meal. Something because it's been really cold. So my mom and I made like um, like fish soup, and we also made like deep fried sea bass and uh, just over rice. That sounds good. Yeah, you could have eaten all of it, so it was good. That's why I said it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. It was just very minimalistic. Like, um, um. I think the best part was we have to fr- mince and fry a lot of garlic for the base oh, of the soup, so like good. deep, like deep fry the garlic, make it really golden brown, and then whatever's left over we mix into the rice that was steamed. So that's really good. And then if if you're eat like sea bass is a very plain fish, like it's not, it's no frills, you know. All you have to do is dust some flour onto it and fry it in a in an oil. And break it apart and make sure you get all the small bones out. Crumble it over the rice and just eat it. It's like so simple and it makes me feel happy because I used to eat it when I was a kid all the time. Man, Adam and I, we're going to have a food special. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a food special episode. Food special episodes. Yeah, episodes, plural. Episodes. Correct, correct. Watch out, man. 2017. Oh, Adam, I started writing a recipe book. Oh, true? Yeah, I started just putting together recipes that I like like top most frequently used or like my go-to or my favorite recipes. That's what I, I need to start. I started just journaling them. I've kind of been doing the same thing, but I've been doing it with like restaurants I've been going to. <laughs> so I guess not the same thing. Cause I, I needed to find like a, I needed to find something to do with my, uh, with my moleskin. I was like, I've been bequeathed with like a moleskin. I really want to do something with that. I think yeah. you had uh, special surgeries for that. Are you talking about Molson, like the, the, like no, the, the brand? The journal. <laughs> the journal brand, yeah. No, I feel that. No, yeah. you, you hold a Moleskin in your hand, you're like, I gotta, I gotta use I, this for good. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, or for evil, because mine has Darth Vader on it. So. Oh, true. Huh, so maybe I should make sure that Rogue One tanks and Rotten Tomatoes, because women don't belong in space. It's what we Kylo should... Ren would want. <laughs> he what, though? We should create, like, a... Uh, uh, a comparable platform to Rotten Tomatoes, like Soggy Tomatoes or some shit. Like so, so, <laughs> soggy soggy mangoes. mangoes! Soggy mangoes! Soggy potatoes. How many mangoes is it? Uh, it is uh, 3.5 mangoes. Oh my god, you know, that is not enough mangoes. Alright, yeah, we're implementing mangoes now as our rating system. We're gonna <laughs> I, I give it about food. 5 mangoes. No, oh, no, man. no, 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 not just mangoes. Kofi Alegi mangoes. Yes. Who you telling about the soggy mangoes? So, uh, this is like Jesus telling God what he, God wrote in the Bible. Well, you didn't say soggy, so I just want to make sure you you forgot you didn't forget. You, Jesus, you're welcome, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I think in in Asif's opinion, I think that loving Asif was have loving was He's a Packers fan. Four point four point five soggy mangoes. <laughs> but if we if we on could the soggy actually... mango scale, oh, you know what though? No, no, no hold on, no, no. something that gets five out of five soggy mangoes every time bad boys 2 starring will smith and martin lawrence boom because that's the entire movie is booms <laughs> what it is what were you saying to her uh just to go back to films uh speaking of kind of like the indie type quote-unquote uh movies i've actually seen a couple movies since our last recording i saw the handmaiden um which is a korean flick flick and moonlight uh, down at Bowtie, yeah. Both of I, them, heard, I hear Moonlight was really good. Man, Adam, Moonlight was so good. Was it really? <laughs> I really want, do want to see that. It's it's about 
like the black struggle and and dealing with all these factors that are happening and I'm the complete opposite of everything that happened in that movie and I cried three times like it's it's so good it's so powerful is uh, so my question is after watching the trailer a few times uh because I, I really do want to see that movie and I just haven't gotten the chance to go see it um is it about uh, being african-american but also being like I guess gay or I mean is that is that an accurate depiction of what the movie's about or is it also about a variety of other things? Um, or is that both the basic those. premise? Okay. Both of those. So the main character the, 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 the gist of it is, is this main character um, and you see this uh, little this black boy grow up and the movie is divided into these three segments of his 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 points in his life. So and they're actually have a have a title card but before each part which i thought was really fun um and it has all his nicknames throughout his life so um sharon which is his or uh, excuse me he's go he goes by little when he's younger sharon is his actual real name so he goes by that in the middle part and one of his friends who he has this uh really deep connection to calls him black and that's the final uh third act and during that movie yeah especially in the first part his his mother is addicted to drugs and he finds his father figure um kind of on the street type thing and he go actually uh follows him to his house and uh well the the dude brings him to his house who actually plays uh cotton mouth on glute cage oh, sweet. um remy denton i love that dude that's on house of cards <laughs> But yeah. I love that dude. He's yeah. like Mustafa something. Yeah, yeah he, he's. I mean, I've only seen him in a couple episodes of Luke Cage, like we talked about a few weeks ago. But he was really good in this movie too. Um, so yeah, he becomes his father figure, and there is that one point where he asks. This is not really spoilers or anything like that, but um, where he asks this father figure, who also has a wife or a girlfriend, who's Janelle Monae, who's a personal favorite. True. Um, yeah, exactly. What uh, he asks, what's a faggot, and. I do apologize for saying the word, but, um, and the, and in his character, and in his character, um, I forget what his name is in, in the actual movie, but Conmouth, um, he, he says that's, that's a derogatory award for someone who is gay and, uh, just really portrayed a, po- a, a positive, but also a really realistic light of trying to find your sexuality, especially being a person of color, especially being, um, especially being black, because definitely, um, of course, I wouldn't really know, but from what I've seen, just being a black male is, you, you don't want to, you, you, if you are gay or, or trans or anything of other than straight, it's really, really hard. It's, it's a lot harder than just a, a white boy, a white, white gay boy type thing. And I don't know, just experiencing that, experiencing that struggle on the screen and not necessarily experiencing the real life, you, you you know, I have a lot of empathy myself, but it it really hits home mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Even though if you can't even relate a hundred percent, or if you or if you relate a hundred and ten percent, I'm sure at some point. I'm sure the movie's designed at some point to f- f- like kind of fit uh, like a, a general struggle that anybody could. Oh could, yeah, could be it could apply to anyone. Yeah, I mean, there's struggles of sexuality. There's struggles of drug abuse. Um, not necessarily. Oh, there's also struggles of physical abuse, bullying, mm-hmm. that type thing. Um, yeah, it's it's got a little bit of everything. But right. uh, what was yeah. your rating, so, soggy mango wise? Soggy mango wise, oh man, I would say 
Wait, are is that, are we doing only half soggy mangoes? No, no, no. You can do no, 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 no. Eights and okay, okay. Three I would say four point eight soggy man- mangoes. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and for those of you that don't know, Tori is a a strong movie critic, so four point eight is a pretty strong, strong soggy mangoes. But on the opposite side of that, if you want something that's a little lighter, I recommend Swiss Army Man. <laughs> it's nice. so good. Nice. So it's direct. Yeah. It's directed by the dude by the two dudes who did the music video. Turned down for what? So you can already <laughs> oh, yeah. imagine what's what's going to happen. But it's a uh, Daniel Radcliffe who we all love here. He is a farting corpse who helps Paul Dano. Oh, I know that movie. Who helps Paul Dano survive this island that he that he purposely and subsequently is stuck on, and gets off of it, and is trying to survive in the wilderness. So Daniel Radcliffe instead of being instead of having a Swiss Army knife or Paul Dano having a Swiss Army knife, he has a Swiss Army man, and that man is Manny. That's huh. not MacGyver. Yo, MacGyver God though. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> You know what other movie though? I want to see Fences. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the only With Denzel. It's a really good play too. Oh, it's a play. Mm-hmm. It went for Broadway. No, like a stage play. Oh, true. That's yeah. cool, man. That's really cool. I man, know. you know what I discovered today? Did you know Black Thought is producing Hamilton? Did you no. know he was the producer for that? Mm-hmm. He is the Hamilton uh, musical. The musical. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That was that was pretty cool. That was my fun fact of the day. <laughs> Have you heard? Uh, t- tell me, tell me about the Hamilton mixtape. Oh Yo. man, it's pretty fucking baller. <laughs> yeah. Have, you, have, you, have you listened to it, dude? I have not heard any new music, and I know like recently oh, there have no, been so nice. many albums dropped. So all right, I'm gonna let you take the mic. You, you need to listen so to Joel Ortiz's track on oh, there. Oh my god, yeah. Um. Black Thought obviously has a verse on there. Had, there's so many people. There's Yo, so Usher's many, on there too. Usher's on there. Like yeah. everybody. Like people you don't think about are on it. Kelly Clarkson is in the mixtape. It's what? fucking wild. Yeah, it is straight. It's fire. awesome. It is yeah. just pretty fire. fucking good. Uh, for the Scholars Sisters. You got it in your car? Maybe we can listen to it on the way back. Yeah, actually, I think I have it. I could probably play it through Apple Music. All right, so we'll play it. We'll play some of it. You got that Spotify asset? I got the Apple Music. Yeah. I see. know. Support Apple all the way through. By the oh, way, yeah. just got oh, Apple. Uh, the best, the Whoa, best track. <laughs> the best track is My Shot, has Busta Rhymes, Joel Ortiz, yeah. Nate Roos. So, like, three people. Hip, I'm just like my hip, country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. Uh, yeah, I really do. We should, at some point, when it becomes more feasible, we should definitely, uh, which I don't know if it'll ever be, <laughs> we should really go to, to NYC and see Hamilton. I think that it's, would be really It's great sold out till run. next year. I was going to say, it would be a great experience <laughs> for all of us. Hey, man, you treat me? Let's go. Yeah, man. I don't know about Shit. that. <laughs> I'm on that government salary, bro. I don't know, man. If I'm in New York, I haven't been there in like, I don't know, maybe 15 years. I don't think I'd want to go to a play or something. I'd probably have other things in mind to do in New York. There's so many things, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be one of the things that we potentially have on the bucket list at some point. It's also in Chicago now, too. Is it really? It's also coming to D.C., so fuck going that far. <laughs> it's cold in New York. D.C. won't be for a while, though. Kennedy Center is coming in April. Like I said, it's not... Next week or anything. Bruh, April will be here before you know it. Don't remind me, though. <laughs> AKA WrestleMania. Coming. WrestleMania, April um. 2nd. Watch out. 
But um, I, another th- another couple things that happened to me this week or that I experienced this week. It doesn't matter what happened to you this week. As we return to our resume, <laughs> as we catch my balls. Um, but as we return to our normal program, um, so I went. I went and had uh, my favorite city diner food, city diner, uh, for yeah. breakfast this weekend. And city diner yeah, is your favorite diner. It is one of my one Adam, of my favorite. Adam, do you have anything to say about this? Yo, don't yeah, we go right. On, yo, don't we go on on Elden and Herndon? Is that the city diner? No, that's Silver Diner. Oh, so yeah. oh, that's even worse. Oh, the one on Elden, the one on Elden is Amphora. But if you go further down into Reston, is a Silver Diner. Yeah, well, Amphora is better. No, actually, Adam, my brother and I went to Amphora Saturday night for the first time. Oh yeah. And uh, this guy that was serving us, I had to correct him because a young boy didn't know what whiskey was. I said, what's your scotch? He says, we have Jack Daniels. Ah, no. <laughs> I was like, son. I don't, even, I don't even drink and I know that. I was like, man. Adam. I was like, all right, why don't you go to the bartender and ask him what kind of scotch he has and then give him the answer that you gave me. And he's like, okay, yes, sir. I'll go check. And then he went and checked. He's like, yes, sir. We have this, this, and this. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so he has. What did you get? What did I get? In, uh, yeah, in general. Oh, like drink-wise? Drink-wise, and uh, what did you order? Did you order food? Um, we did order food. I I ordered fish and chips. My brother ordered a steak. Uh-huh. Um, and we had two martinis shaken, not stirred. And we had two scotches on the rocks, even though they were watered down as fuck. So I'm probably never gonna get a drink there again. It's probably a good idea. And James Bond oh drink. shit, we had this baller ass raspberry cheesecake thing. Yes, it was good. so good. Because you know, Amphora, the diner gets they had like an Oreo crust. Amphora, Amphora, Amphora gets its desserts from its parent company, which is a bakery, and there's three of them in the area. Yeah. Because they said that they make their desserts best. So I was actually pretty yep. glad about that part. Amphora. Yeah, yeah Amphora, which is like the Greek name for a vase used to store wine. You're um, right, Adam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Only because my dad used to be the manager there at one point, And also because I have had a copious amount of Greek and Roman history in my life. <laughs> that too, in our history. Oh, true. And that one's <laughs> Buttress, pointed arch, Sharks Cathedral. Yeah, but that's. Can, can, can we take a second and appreciate how great Bernini was? Man. He was like, he was like 23. The, the sculptor? Yo, can we talk about Bernini? Can we talk about Bernini, though? So, God for those of, the, uh, those of the audience <laughs> that aren't listening, Asif and Faisal, Bernini was one of the greatest Renaissance architects in the history of mankind. If you guys are at work right now, don't oh Google him. What? If you guys are at work right now, don't Google him. His stuff is not safe for work. <laughs> we are not at work. Oh, you mean our listeners? Yes, our okay. listeners. Correct. Um, he, oh my God, it's amazing. I was reading about like um, how much marble costs and for someone to be as good as he would be now, like relative to how 
great Bernini was, it would cost them like upwards of like a hundred thousand dollars just to practice on marble because that's how expensive marble is. It's well, insane. Well, the, the thing is, is that you had a you had a sponsor family or yeah. someone to sponsor or commission you to do this work, like the Medici family and all that. But yeah, like in in Greek uh, sculpture, you have what's called wet drapery look, which basically looks like I know, right? Which basically looks like. Wet a wet fabric on marble and it's just carved so beautifully and Bernini has and Bernini went came a, a lot later than than this but man if you're if you're able to look up his look up his sculpture work it's it's amazing especially um this is just like yeah uh, that's marble Curran's pulling up a picture right now just seeing the pressure points from from touches and uh the SSC of um beautiful What's the sculpture? The SSC of, uh, I can't remember right now, but. Let's go. Wow, that's, that is that's amazing. It's the rape of you know, Prosperina. Yeah, he definitely sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. No, but unreal though. Like, the I thing mean, is like him and a lot of the Renaissance artists, it's amazing because they wouldn't actually paint a lot of the stuff themselves. They would have like hundreds of apprentices. Raphael did. Yeah. Yeah. Raphael did. Leon, I don't know if Leonardo did. I don't. I used to be real big on him, and I just could not keep up because yeah, he was the worst Ninja Turtle. Dance history. He was the nurse in Ninja Turtle. Yeah, he was the worst. <laughs> Raphael. Like that's marble. That's unreal. I mean, we've got to post some of this stuff on the on the website, which we'll Bro, do. just Google Bernini. It's like Bernini, <laughs> but without the e at the end. SSC of Saint Teresa. That's what it yeah. was. That's it's SSC. one of his more famous yeah, we'll, works. We'll put some of this on the website. The it's Rape of Prosperina is also one of them. Or at least links to it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like open source art at this time. Correct. Point, right? Yeah, yeah. But man, Renaissance art. I think Renaissance art is my favorite art outside of like, let's see, like 15, 16th century Indian architecture because it was like heavily British influenced. I think Renaissance art is where it's at, man. I love going to the VMFA. And just walking through the Renaissance art and just looking at them. I remember we went there once and we just took pictures and mimicked every single one of the pictures. Do you remember that, Adam? I do. I do. It was good. It's so good. It's amazing. Man, I love art history. I love magical things. So, um, Adam, you wanted to talk about uh, some news with you. And food. Video games. Oh, Oh, true. Video games. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of news that came out recently. There is. Uh, well, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but uh, I probably did. But Akuma got announced for Street Fighter Five. Correct. Yes, he looks like yeah. a lion, and this dude's crazy. So everyone's really excited. He looks like a lion. Oh, a lion. Yeah, he's he. I've seen some gameplay footage of him. He looks really interesting. I'm excited. Um, yeah, he a lot of changes, but I think Street Fighter Five is doing. I think they're they did the right thing by announcing Akuma first because uh, the game after Capcom Cup usually gets like really boring and stale. So I think they're really smart about kind of revitalizing the audience. So smart move on their part from a marketing standpoint. I'm excited. He's he's changed enough that he's different. He doesn't feel stale, but he's he's also. Um, still the same Akuma in, in the sense that like the character and who he is hasn't really changed. So I think that's really good. That's sick. 
Yeah, that dude's crazy, man. He scares the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> Looking at the current lineup right now, do you have an uh, an understanding? For, first of all, how much do we know about the game mechanics? And based off of the information that we have already, have you thought about who your main is going to be? Oh, yeah, man. I've had a main, main since I started the game. So um, with everything, like I've pick, I picked up uh, Nash, or better known as Charlie in the older games. I picked him up as my main. Um in terms of like frame data, he's not so great, but um, he's got a really diverse move set and like he's got great mobility, so that's why I pick him. Uh, if you stack up that against Akuma, both Nash and Akuma have really low like HP reserves, but they they can stack on the damage, and that's kind of been the pinnacle of Akuma's character creation has been a very like the definition of a glass cannon, like somebody who deals a lot of damage but can get shut down really quickly if you if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're seeing with Akuma now. Like I like that they're giving him a lot of offensive options, but they're, they're, that's his uh, his foil is that he, uh, you know, he can get really shut down by quick attacks. Like uh, what I've seen is like the gameplay against Akuma's very one-sided in both that if Akuma is able to dominate the battlefield, he'll dominate the battlefield. But if he can't get going, like if he can't get into gear, yeah. uh, he's not he's not gonna make it. You have to be really skilled about your timing and things like that. And they've given him a lot of cool tools, so it's going to be interesting to see him um, uh, when he gets officially patched into the game. It seems like he's. It sounds like he's more of like a uh, chaining combo kind of character, where if you can't just get off, then you're you're going to miss a lot of uh, uh, opportunities to give damage. Yeah, exactly. He, he he has a lot of good combo opportunities, which is rare. To see in Street Fighter, I think it's not like Tekken where you always want to juggle people, but he can string together some pretty good combos, and he he slugs. He's the definition of a slugger. So like his when he hits, he hits hard, but it's a matter of can he get into range. They uh, nerfed his fireball, so his normal fireballs don't go across the screen like Ryu's and stuff anymore. They so kind of they dissipate like uh, Chun Li's. Yeah, like about halfway through, you have to do a longer motion for the fireball to go the entire way through the screen. And if you do that, it hits like multiple times, but the windup is very like long. So a lot of good balance changes to so him. Is that why the servers and everything are down for right now? Because it's supposed to come out tomorrow? I think so, so, yeah. patching everything right now, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So that's yeah. pretty much, is this one of the last updates or do they plan to add more characters later on? Oh, actually Akuma's just the, he's the first update of season two. Oh, explain yeah. that to me. So um, season one's updates were, they patched in um, Guile, Walrog, Jury, Yurian. Ah, uh, dang, there's like two other characters, and like two other yeah. characters. Yeah, no, they're not important guys that I don't play with. Um, and those were like the season one DLC characters, right? That you can, you didn't have to pay for them. You could just grind uh, in-game currency by playing online and stuff, and you could buy them that way. That was like season one. Season two, after Capcom Cup, what happens is um, Capcom, they tweak the balance and the frame data of certain characters to make them more balanced after seeing professionals play with them and seeing what the professionals abuse. And then they add in new characters as well. So they announced that Akuma was going to be the first DLC character for season two. And then the big announcement that came was the remaining, because they always update in batches of six. The remaining five characters are going to be completely new to the franchise. I think it's really beautiful that like the developers can des- can design the game mechanics uh, in a certain way. Like 
but then you really never understand what's going to happen until that shit is really tested and you can see the creativity of a lot of the players um because some things just don't come up during testing you know what i mean exactly like the developers to constantly be in the state of you know looking at you know the metrics and the numbers and analyzing the gameplay i think that's so beautiful from like a technological perspective too and from like a uh, project planning uh whenever you release any kind of like product you know what i mean um that development life cycle even after launch you know there's still a lot that you have to do as a developer to keep things going you know what i mean i agree and i think the biggest people doing that in the gaming industry right now happen to be the crew at overwatch shout out to blizzard because they're they've been very up they've been very upfront with the community like when uh when they when the community has grievances jeff kaplan who's the head developer has like hosted round tables and he he does these like bi-monthly like bi-monthly like uh, youtube videos where he talks about what's going on in the latest patch what feedback the rest of the developers heard and how they're going to do that. He's very transparent. And I think that's important to the point that I think the Overwatch community is spoiled that they always are whining that, Oh, certain characters, X, Y, Z should have skins and voice lines like this, this, that, instead of talking about quality of life changes with like, um, what balancing issues, but he's been doing a good job. And I, I like how Overwatch has evolved as the competitive scene has begun to grow. And, uh, I'm happy with a lot of the balance changes. Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, I play competitive every season, so I'm not very good. But I mean, that's what happens when you decide to solo heal. Please respect. Please respect your healers. I started uh, playing Uncharted Three on PS3. On PS3, man, I fucking love the Uncharted series. That's probably like up there. It's probably right behind the Metal Gear Solid series for me. As far as games are concerned, man, that is a good, well-published, developed game. Good job, Naughty Dog. Uncharted is that uh, like third-person platforming running game, if I understand correctly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We got the box a right copy here. of Uncharted as we speak about it. Um, but yeah, and you know, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in our previous podcast as to you know whether I want to get a PlayStation Four or not. Or if I just want to build a PC, um, I'm going to do both. ¿Por qué no los dos? <laughs> yeah, exactly. no ¿Por qué no los dos? That, that kind of leads me into what I was going to bring up dos? today, but I'm going to let so, you finish. Oh, thanks, dog. How uh, mighty white of you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's one of the biggest reasons that I want to maintain a relationship with Sony. Like, I love Uncharted so much. It's so good, and it's going to be exclusive. Like I understand, eventually it'll get ported to Steam and the PC and all that. But I want it now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I I'm impatient, but like also like if I get a PlayStation Four, I can teach Asif how to play Madden. <laughs> Let's go. So that's a, good, Let's that's, go. A good, that's a good one. Because <laughs> the last time we played, bro. Bro, do we do we want to talk go? about some old shit? Bro. <laughs> talk about some old shit. It's fine. I won't, I won't break it up. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. You fucking skunk my ass. It was like, what was the score? Adam was there. It was like fifty-four to like ten or some stupid shit. Yeah, every I time, felt like a redskin that day, man. Every, every time I, I start Madden, trash. so the way the Madden works is, is that it, it, it keeps the, the last game logged. 
And so every time I start, is that, that the last game? game? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played against anybody That's else. Awesome. And so it's like it still shows the, the game. See, I let Asif win so that he has something to look forward to when he turns his PlayStation Four on every day for the last three hundred and sixty-five days of the year. Two thousand sixteen has been him waking up, turning on his PlayStation Four, and saying, "Thank God that I beat Garen today at Madden." Because if I hadn't, I don't know if I'd be able to live with myself. Damn, yo, 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 for real. Stay tuned. I can't. I can't. <laughs> We're going to have a live stream. Follow us on Adam Storm's Twitch. We're going to do this shit. Watch this shit. Doggy Squad Twitch. Check I, it out. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be oh, shit talking until yeah. I don't even care if I lose. I'm still going to be talking shit. You can't stop me. I will never die. I, and to be honest, though, like I know this sounds really ludicrous because I've been such a, a loyal PlayStation fan I like for a while. Boy, he's better than ludicrous. As far as like Southern rappers go, yo... But this is going to sound pretty crazy, but I, I don't know why I've been having an itch of getting uh, Xbox Xbox One S. Stop it. Wait, I've been no, having an no, itch. Stop wait, wait, wait. Have, you thought, have you thought about waiting for the Scorpio? No, I actually didn't even actually explain what, what is the Scorpio. So, I thought that was the S. I thought they were the same thing. No, no. Um, so the because uh, yeah, I'm confused as well. Yeah, so we definitely talked about it in one of our older episodes. So for y'all that don't know what's happening is so for this generation of video games, the three, um, I guess, the console manufacturers are. So previously, the generation cycles have been uh, around 10 to 11 years long. So the PlayStation 3 was out for about 9, 10 years, something like that. PlayStation 2 was around that time. So this generation, the console manufacturers have decided to come out with new iterations of the consoles mid-cycle. Right? So now for the PlayStation, we have two new consoles, the PlayStation Slim and then the PlayStation 4 Pro. Right. Similarly, the Xbox is coming out with two consoles. The One S, the slim version of the Xbox, is already out. You can purchase it. And then in holiday season 2017, they're coming out with Project Scorpio, which is their next, pretty much their mid-generation console for the Xbox. And these two consoles are essentially 4K gaming consoles. So the Scorpio is going to have all new hardware. It's going to have a new GPU. It's going to like clock, I don't know, like 10 teraflops or some shit like that. I don't remember the specs off top. So, you know, it's going to be more, it's going to be more powerful. It's going to have more memory. Essentially, it's going to play games better, right? So you can have the Slim now, which plays Xbox games the way that the Xbox One has always been doing it. It's just a smaller version. And it also plays 4K content. 4K, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But it does not play games at 4K resolution. So you'll be able to, if it's available for you, I don't know what, what like Netflix is you know, game plan is going to be, but, um, you know, whatever 4K content will be available for that, you can do it. So you have that option. You can get a play, you can get a one now, or you can wait a little bit and get the better version. Right. Or you can wait for me to get PS4. But like, actually though, because I know you don't play with a lot of people and I don't, I don't either. So like, we would actually be able to play together. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, and that's one of the things he was uh, discussing, I think last episode yeah. too, is his dilemma of, should I get the PlayStation 4 Slim or should I go for the for the Neo or the PlayStation 4K whatever it's, it's the Pro or Pro um, yeah also to put it in perspective for you man because we're old as fuck even though well relatively speaking the PlayStation 3 came out are you ready 2006 
Yeah. Wow. Ten been, years. Yes. The Slim, the PlayStation Slim came out in 2009. So that was like their Slim model. Their Super Slim model came out in 2012. Yeah. So that's the most recent one before PS4 came out, which yeah. was, I think, right. 2013, yeah. I think, is when that came out. Yeah. Something like that. But my dilemma, the reason I feel so like... I, so I was playing... So Johnny and I were playing... FIFA, like, I don't know, Does a Johnny month ago. An Xbox? A month, he has an Xbox One. And we were playing uh, FIFA, like, a long time ago. Like, I want to say, like, a month ago or something like that. And I don't know why, but I just really was drawn to the... I don't know if it was the way that the controller was laid out. I really did like the feel of it. And I was like, man, this feels really nice. And that's the only thing that's got me. Otherwise, I'm usually a pretty diehard PlayStation guy. And, like, when I, I'm very brand loyal. So, like, I yeah. mean, as given, like... Uh, Apple, shout out to Apple. I'm a huge fanboy. I have I'll all Apple one, products man. like completely all the way down from an Apple Watch thing. to an Ap- iPad. Apple shit doesn't explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, you know, so I'm very brand loyal in that sense. So that's why I'm having a very a big identity crisis. And with the, I put that in quotes, air quotes, that like, you know, um, trying to figure totally first world problem, whether I should, you know, stick with the PS4, uh, which was a, a nice, wonderful gift, or should I... Um, gravitate and how if i were to trade it in do you guys know just off the top of your dome what what do you think street value would be not like the street you, as in literally you street but i meant for the ps4, PS4 yeah <laughs> man you could probably sling it for like 250 or something you talking about at like uh at like a uh, GameStop or some shit no 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 i'm talking about like on the street or whatever okay You'll stand outside on the street at a, but, at a GameStop. you'd be lucky if they offer you that much as like credit at the store yeah Mm-hmm. I would not go to GameStop at all for anything. I hate it. So Terrible. Before, before I move on to uh, more news, I want to ask Tori, like, how are you feeling about this generation of video games? And, like, what are your thoughts? Oh, boy. Um, anything specific? Well, I mean, you're, I guess, maybe kind of leaning, uh, leading off of this whole idea of, like, coming out with new consoles and the idea of upgrading uh you know more frequently or i mean what are your thoughts or do you have any uh, like where where is your stance in this current generation like what are you leaning towards and how are you feeling um i will say that for the most part or as of late i do more pc games um more steam rather than console just because i can't afford an, an official console i do have a 3ds um still gonna get a uh, moon soon probably for christmas from one of my cousins Shout out to Katie. Um, Do it, but... Katie. <laughs> Katie, we love you. Come through, y'all. Please. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Katie Bay, in... what's up? Well, um, um, he doesn't. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, I will say before I get into that, Uncharted 4 is PS4. I know. Well, I know. That's what I was going to get into <laughs> is that Uncharted 4 is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to wait. Until it gets ported to Steam, because Uncharted 3 took forever. And that game has been out for, I think it came out like 2009. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. Adam, I might be joining that PC Mustard and Rice, you know what I'm saying, bro? Hey, that's good. That's but good like, also because, like, you and Muhammad and, like, Spencer and Phil, and, like, you guys all play online. You guys all play Steam. So, I wouldn't really have a problem, because I could just jump into your plan 
And we could all play together in games and things. I think you're a little mistaken at that point, though. It's like, yeah, we all play on Steam when it's like convenient for us, but for most of, for the most part, all of us are interested in fairly different games. That's the problem. See, like, <laughs> if I get a console, most of the people that play console games are going to be like me and Asif, like casual gamers that want to just kind of pick it up and like hang out and play. Like, I mean, that's the thing that appeals to me is that like I can throw Madden in regardless, win or lose. You know, whoever wins. Yeah, whoever I mean, loses, I mean. I mean, it depends. Again, like, Phil's, Phil's casual with some games, but he's definitely not with Dark Souls. And, like, I'm casual with a lot of games, but maybe not Overwatch. It all depends. Yeah. You know, so can we go... Sorry. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm still interested in hearing, like, where Tori's at with, like, her gaming life. Gaming life. Um, I will say that this past year, or this past two years, just the the gaming community has been really interesting um just from uh companies putting out games uh perspective um like we were mentioning we have the new uncharted we uh last of us is going to come out really soon oh, uh, pokemon sun and moon um and then la uh two two years ago was omega ruby and alpha sapphire alpha sapphire excuse me um it's just been really interesting seeing the progression of these really hyper realistic games like triple a titles having having these really realistic uh movements and and motions and facial recognitions and then or at least with last year like one of the most popular games especially uh internet wise was a pixel game called undertale like it's it's so fascinating to me how drastically different all these really great games can be. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you have the the latest engines to support this. You can have something that's built in built in something even simpler than that and people will still love it. People will still love what you make. And I think that's that's a really nice positive message that's been for the past uh, couple of years in in the gaming community is that no matter what you make, depending on if you if you get it out there and and people see it like for the most part, people are going to generally play it, and for the most part, people are going to generally love what you love what it is. Yeah. No matter, like I said, it can be something as a eight bit character. With I mean, Super Mario is still all around. Granted, he's Undertale. got Undertale and Undertale. Like, uh, it's it's awesome. <laughs> it awesome. And, and it's so, very interesting. Like, I think the best thing, like to your point, like Steam is so good because they have such a strong modding community. Like everybody can get together and just like create an entire new game based off of something that already exists. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That is true. Yeah, you were going to say something? Huh? Bitch. Uh, no. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> you thinking about how bad the Packers are? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I had a similar, like, crisis uh, this year um, relating to... Go- going to your decision mm-hmm. with Uncharted, your mm-hmm. decision of, you know, should I wait to, to get, doing, right? you know, yeah, should yeah. I wait to, to, to cop the PS4 Pro and, and play the new Uncharted or should I just get it now? And I had this exact same problem with Doom, yeah. right? And so, like, I could have played it months ago, yeah. but, like, I've been waiting for, like, maybe 10, 11 years since, like, 2005 for this game. And I wanted to play it right. So, like, I wanted to play it with, like, all shit maxed out and everything. And so I decided, hey, you know, I'm probably going to play it on, on the PC. So because I just want to max it out. And that's how the original Doom games were, were played. They were meant to be that way. You know what I mean? So like I started, you know, uh, a, a big computer project this year. Um, 
and so I hope I hope to be done with it um, in in February or March um, for sure it'll be done by then and so I wanted to bring up new news on the NVIDIA cards because oh, now yeah. there's new there's they just released actually some there's been some uh, uh, freaking rumors some things have been released about the new uh, NVIDIA 1080 Ti um, and they say that it's going to be it's definitely going to be announced at CES in a week or two I think it's at on January 6th so like in about two weeks they're gonna Nvidia is gonna release this card and um, it's it seems like based off of the rumors so far that it's somewhere between the 1080 and the Titan X Pascal um, and converting Indian rupees to American dollars it's rumored to be at about uh, $1,010. So that, um, and I had talked about this with Adam earlier because throughout this year, I've been really thinking about how I'm going to build this computer, whether I wanted to do a multi-GPU setup or really go with one high-end card. And so um, I've decided for myself that like this generation, since I'll be pushing like 2K, a 2K monitor, a 1440p resolution, that... Um, two cards would probably be overkill for this generation because one card, looking at the specs of the current um, series NVIDIA cards, it's more than enough to max out all the current gen games, future games at the resolution I'm running. Um, I'm also locked into NVIDIA because my monitor is a G-Sync monitor, but I'm not going to go into the specs of my build yet. I'll reveal that in a few months. Um, so that's new news i've been thinking about so like i i have to i have to think about like how i'm going to approach building this this computer um whether i'm going to go with like the titan x or the new ti or even go with the lower card the titan x is, is going to retail at 1200 but again these are just rumors we're going to see what's going to happen so, so the gtx is I'm looking right now. Yeah. I don't know if this is like accurate or not. So subject to change, depending on uh, whatever website you're looking at it on. But explain to me real quick. Yeah. So if you could, and Adam, you can relieve me of my ignorance on computer stuff also. So the GTX 1050, that's considered old. There's now. no 1050. It says 10. I'm looking at it right here. What? It says 1050. Can you show me? Yeah. It says 1050 right here. Anyway, so if you get an older card, say you get a Titan X, right? Or whatever the one, or a 980 or whatever, right? Yeah. So do those stack? So, yeah. So here's, like, here's the thing, right? So if you have a nine, yeah, 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 for just... sure. If you have a 980 card, you're pretty much set for this generation. What about like, an 850? I would upgrade, man. It really depends on what that's your what setup my laptop is. Has. Yeah, you're no, and then again, that's that's a mobile ten uh, eight fifty as well. Yeah. That's not even a, you know, so it's going to be severely underpowered. Actually, the mobile uh, ten series processors perform more closely to the uh, desktop GPUs uh, this generation, but there are there's a significant performance okay. difference between the mobile uh, of previous series. Uh, right. Then, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, and I'm using an. I'm using a 960 and I haven't run into any problems yet. So, so unless you're really going to push 4K, if you have a 9 series card, you're pretty much good for this generation. 
I agree. So explain what is uh what is this generation entail? Um, pretty much the first VR ready and 4K ready cards. Okay. So the, the 10 series card and as well as the Radeon cards as well. Um, but I'm not looking into AMD processors because my monitor is a G-Sync monitor. So I'm definitely gonna be using a an NVIDIA card. What does that so mean? It it uh basically when it has to do with the refresh rate. So when your monitor matches the refresh rate that is being outputted by your GPU, it is pretty much in sync. And so it eliminates any kind of tearing in the image. It eliminates any kind of stuttering. It creates a very, very smooth experience, no lagging or whatever. So um, you can uh, you can have like a high refresh rate monitor, but then what happens when uh, like, you know, one part, like the, the image on the screen is shifted, right? So like the first half of the image is over here, then the second half is down here. That's called screen tearing. So like what these technologies are designed to do, free sync and G-Sync, is they sync um, your GPU and your monitor's refresh rate. So it eliminates that. And now your GPU, GPU doesn't have to do extra processing called vertical sync, which really uh, increases the lag, the input lag that you have for um, games. So that's very important for like fighting games or um, you know, high, high fast paced games. So, man, that's a lot to think about, especially yeah. when you're putting together your own rig. Yeah. And you know what, man, I think I made my decision. I'm just going to go and get a PS4. So I don't have to think about all this. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, uh, really quick, Adam. So, uh, I wanted to ask you this specifically because I know you're going to get the new Nintendo console at launch. Did you hear about the new uh, Nintendo VR features? I did not. So, okay. Recently, uh, they released patents that Nintendo put in back in June. So, they're going to come. Nintendo is thinking about coming out with the head mounted display where you take the Switch and you slide it into a head mounted display and it becomes a VR gaming system. Oh, shit. So. Now, uh, I have really mixed opinions about this because I, f I was all on board for the Nint for the new Nintendo Switch until this announcement, because now I'm seriously questioning the hardware capabilities of the Nintendo Switch because now the 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 graphics card has to double the image twice, right, and then has to produce a high refresh rate on top of that. With the screen being a 720p display, what that means is if you're splitting that image for each eye, that means the image is going to be extremely pixelated, very low resolution. You know what I mean? And it, it, it is clear to actually, let me link you right now um, because you need to see the diagram and some of the patent like uh, figures for this. Um, it looks like a fucking like Google Cardboard piece that's of bullshit. I, th and I, th and I think that's what they're going yes. for. I think, I think they're going for casual application of VR as opposed to things that they would actually use for serious gaming. Yeah. But what is there? What content is there right now? Probably stuff with the me plaza and things like that. It's probably going to be you like dogging on other people with me's and things like that. That's the only thing I see with it, to be honest, Faisal. Like just look at the design of me's and all that stuff in general. Yeah. It's very low poly, you know, doesn't take a lot of effort, things like that. And, you know, they, they're using a they're using a what is it a modified uh nvidia tegra processor so there's no way that they know it's going to be used for um 
you know, VR. Like it's a Tegra, it's a modified Tegra X1 from what I know. So, and uh, the rumors of the clock speeds uh, just came out. So I think that's going to be interesting too. What is it clocked at? Uh, so the available GPU speeds uh, undocked is at like uh, 1,020 megahertz. And the GPU speed is at 307.2 megahertz. And then after that, when it's docked, it's, you know, the same thing. But that, but that's, that's still, it still has like a capacity. Like it can be clocked further when docked, but the, they're not allowing it to do so when it's docked. So again, you have these really low clock speeds as well, stronger than the Wii U, not as strong as an Xbox One. So I doubt they're really going to mm-hmm. push for anything too strong in the VR department. That's just my like shot in the dark. Yeah, and it seems like a half-ass approach. Like you can easily tell that this is not designed up from VR. And this is my biggest thing about VR. Like if you're going to do it, you can't really take the cheap route because then it really breaks the experience and it really turns a lot of people off to VR in general. You know, and I feel like there there's the industry is kind of like split right now where people are thinking, "No, this is just a fad and it's just going to go away just like PlayStation Move was a fad and like fucking 3D was fad for televisions and a lot of people are making that claim and i think the reason for that is because of cheap vr implementations like this i think if people really think that this is what vr is going to be because of its barrier of entry its price and all all people's exposure is like gear vr and this this is not going to sustain vr as an industry I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, and I think that's something that they need to predicate on is that they need to they need to be aware that you know there are stronger applications for VR that our hardware just doesn't you know match mm-hmm. up with. And I think I think most people who are technically inclined will know that, but again, the blow will come to the general audience who will exactly. think that this is what VR is and exactly. be severely disappointed, just like they were when the Wii first released motion controls that weren't responsive until they implemented an internal gyroscope. Yeah. I feel like with the with the switch right here, um, trying to implement a quote unquote VR aspect. Um, granted, I'm not too well versed in it, but it seems just like Nintendo's trying to do a lot, a lot of things for their for their console. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about this earlier, with yeah. Sun and Moon is not in 3D this time right. because it just couldn't handle the power. And I don't know, that might right. be a predecessor warning or an omen to to what's going to happen with the Switch in VR. I think the more confusing they make it for developers to make shit for it, to make content for it, the harder Nintendo has to fight. Like, And that's what's been killing them the last several generations. They don't have strong third-party support. So if they're going to come out with a head-mounted display, what does that mean for their console and their developers? That means now they're going to have to have bigger teams or dedicated teams to this VR thing or whatever. They have to produce content for that, which is going to be underpowered anyway. So there's going to be limitations there. you know. But then now you're making it harder for you know developers to develop really great games, which is it seems like that's what Nintendo wants to do. right? Because this obviously is not a VR console. It seems more of an afterthought. But again, like Nintendo hasn't shown us everything in their basket as well. They're going to be releasing things periodically, slowly releasing information about the console. But going back to what Tori says, I agree with her. They're, I feel like they're, they're possibly just doing way too much. I mean, I'm looking at some of this, like they're adding NFC support to the, to the Joy-Con controllers. Um, I don't know, just maybe some things that are just unnecessary. Um, 
gonna probably drive the price up i feel like if this is priced competitively and maybe if the vr head mounted display as an add-on adds up to about what a xbox slim costs or a playstation slim cost and i don't know maybe that that's a competitive place to be at but I, I don't know. I, I'm really skeptical to see where Nintendo is going with this right now. I mean, the idea, the concept of this Switch, I'm, I'm excited for it. It seems really cool, but I'm also skeptical. I don't know like how successful it's going to be, especially when you know it's so confusing. I think this whole generation has been so confusing. Like, how are we going to develop <laughs> for the split, the split uh, audience for the consoles? Like, how are games going to come out? Are there going? Are you going to have two different versions of the same game? One for the higher end console and one for like the slim versions. Or are you going to have it where you can modify and dynamically set the settings in game? Or like, you know, and it just makes it harder for the developers and more confusing. So I feel that way about the the Oculus approach too, because they're doing uh, room scale VR. And so now you have to buy the touch controllers separately and then you have to buy an additional sensor separately. And so if your base user base is not buying that, what does it say to the developers? Are we going to make our game with the touch? Are we going to make our game just for seated? Or are we going to make it room scale? So like, there are a lot of like very difficult questions uh, to, to ask um, in, you know, for, for this generation. And it's not, it is not easy for the consumer. And I think we've kind of, you can easily see that this, this episode where Asa didn't even know about the Scorpio. He didn't like, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's looking so sad right now. He's shaking his head now. He's having an existential <laughs> crisis right now. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> but, for real. But yeah. Man. <clears throat> it's always going to be changing. It's always dynamic. It's always going to do something. But that's how it works, man. That's how technology works. That's how literally everything works. It always goes forward. Always forward for those of us that have watched Luke Cage. Um, it's pretty good, man. I think uh, you guys have shed some light on some very interesting subjects as far as uh, technology is concerned for people like me and Asif that didn't know. I wholeheartedly didn't know what the fuck you were talking about most of the time right there. But I'm very glad that you did talk about it because, yeah... You bring up some good points, man. How is Nintendo going to fare with all this? What are they going to do? How are their developers going to withstand the onslaught of the basic bitch gamers that don't know anything other than the Samsung, uh, what is it, gear? It's like what we were talking about last time. Nintendo has such a great ability to cater towards such a large audience. I think they'll be just fine, especially if they go towards those people that are very, like, yeah, I, I just want something that's in my price point that I can get for my kids because what are my kids going to know? True. You know I mean, it's not for people like us that know the difference between all of like the different types of refresh rates and how the like very in-depth details of each piece of technology works. So in that sense, they'll be just fine. Right. I'm interested in the in the business aspect of it. Too. Yeah, I mean, as well, far as the business aspect, line, they're going to be just line, fine. Yeah. yeah. I think they'll be fine. They're going to make a price point that's very reasonable for most people. Yeah. And, you know. And most people don't care about the, the – they'll market it to the point where, where they'll they'll flex what the details are so that the average consumer can understand and yep. digest the information. Yep. And that's the thing. It's all about how you put the spin on it, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Marketing will only take you so far, though. I'm skeptical. I mean, we'll that's true. Happens. Like, yeah. to put it in perspective for you, the reason why the Dreamcast died was because of uh, fucking games like Shenmue. They spent $14 million. Yeah, throwback. <laughs> I got you, homie. Yeah. Y'all don't think I know about oh, games, huh? You like that? You like that, Adam? I do. But they spent fucking $14 million to make that game. Their marketing sucked ass and it fucking took Dreamcast with them. But Dreamcast <laughs> was one of the best systems out there at that time. It was better than the N64. Yeah, it was better it was. than the PlayStation yeah. 1. Power Stone. Power Stone. But they spent so much money on games and it threw it. It was just too much. They just couldn't do it. Yeah. Dude, they were totally ahead of the they curve. They were way ahead of the time. They were way ahead they of the curve. They were way ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. But man. I don't know. I think either way, man, console or PC, eventually you're going to have to upgrade. You can't stay stagnant. You, yeah. Regardless of whatever you get, you can build a hi-fi, 1080, hot off the press, best shit. And in about five years, you're still going to have to upgrade your shit. All right, maybe 10 years because I don't know how hi-fi you're going to get. You know what well, I mean? I think five years is fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going based off of what I think. Like, yeah. I got this laptop in 2013, 2012, something like that. Yeah. And this is considered out of date now. Like, that's how fast technology moves. Like, every, slow. especially, like, think about uh, cell phones. Yeah. Dude, that's even crazier. Yeah. The cell phone market moves very, very rapidly. They come out with, like, a new model, every, like, twice a year. And then you got people like Adam rocking a Blackberry for, like, 700 years. That's real legacy right there. Fucking dinosaur. The yeah. dynasty. You like what you like, all right? Yeah. But yeah, man. We talked about a lot. We hope that everybody has a happy holiday. Blessed holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Merry Festivus. Kwanzaa. Diwali was in October. Um... And hopefully the Pokemon Go Christmas or holiday event comes up soon. Yeah. Gen 2 egg Gen babies two. are out. Yeah, there you go. So excited. But I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our very long extended cut. We might have to split it up. Yes. Um, and let us know what you think. As always, follow us, like us, uh, and we will keep in touch with y'all as long as y'all promise to come back next week. Goodbye, everybody. Play us out, Jenkins. If you would like to educate us, challenge us, or provide feedback, write to us at our email, abvi.us.podcasts at gmail.com, or tweet us at abviuspodcasts. Thanks.